fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. 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 How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. This is episode 15 of the Hotbox, Saturday, August 7th, 2010. Hotboxpodcast.com slash live. That's where you can watch these at, or you can call in live, 406-204-4687. That's the number. How's, uh, how's biz? Good. Still no problems? Not a one. That's good. I have not been robbed nor vandalized. <laughs> That's funny that you say that because not everyone is uh, having as good of luck not being robbed as you. I know. We have a story, a local story here about our Kmart. This was Kmart, right? Kmart. Kmart. The evergreen Kmart. Yes. Apparently, somebody went inside the store when it was open and like hung out all like Tom Hanks big style <laughs> in the store until it closed. And then once it closed, they went to the pharmacy and, like, busted in and stole a bunch of pills and S. Mm -hmm. And then uh, used a door and left. And uh, (laughs) they say the Kmart assistant manager, Mark Shreeby, he said the business is withholding comments on the burglary to aid the investigation. Uh, We have no comment. Yeah. Your store just put, just helped put, like, a bunch of painkillers out on the streets. You have no comment, none, nothing, nothing to say. Yeah, it's kind of scary because I mean the the officer, Patrol Lieutenant Brad Stahlberg, said that it was a considerable amount of medication, <laughs> like all of it, like a lot. Oh, but but fear not, because the assistant manager also said that no damage was done to the pharmacy and the stolen medications have been replenished. So, you know, if you want to go steal some more, we, we're, uh, we're full yeah, stock again. We got, we got it all back. Thanks. We're all good. That's scary, though, because like, at least if, when you hear a story about like a marijuana place getting robbed, it's, it's not good. No place should be robbed, but the worst we have to worry about is a bunch of people like high and eating junk food. Well, that or they're, the chances are that if they're stealing these plants and everything, that they're going to... They're going to break into a place, they're going to steal plants, they're going to kill them, and then they're going to be right where they were when they first, you know, thought it was a good idea to steal plants. Mm-hmm. That's, and then they bring them back to the guy and say, sorry, here's your plants back. <laughs> I, I kind of killed them. Yeah, but nobody will do anything about it at that point. Right, because so. we're, not, we're not sure how to deal with that yet. This they know how to deal with, though. Well, right, because this happens every single freaking day. They publish a story about it, and then they let us know that it's all restocked, so everybody can go get <laughs> I their... I love that. He had to like say that on record, just FYI, so everyone out there knows. We're, we're fully replenished. It's okay. Don't worry. Your lower tabs are here. It's a drop in the bucket to us. No problem. We just bought, you know, $50,000 more worth of pain pills. It's cool. People are going to die from this. Yeah. People do die from that. Well, and then, you know, I mean, it's, it's horrible. Horrible, horrible. That's what you do, though. When, when, when you feel like that, you're just like, I'm just going to go sneak into Kmart at night. 
and crash out until you know they close and the evergreen Kmart, the ghetto of our department stores. I didn't even think that place was still open. It is. Haven't they had like gone out of business sales like three times it now? It is amazing how much stuff is in that store. If you There's walk into it, there's a lot of junk it, in there. Yeah, like they're fully stocked. You would expect to walk into a ghost town. It's like a Chinese warehouse for electronics and other miscellaneous crap that we need or don't need. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, moving on here, we got a story from Fulton County. This. Uh, on, on the other show, every now and then we used to talk about stories where people would get busted with weed because they were like driving, you know, a hundred pounds and they had a tail light out or something stupid like that. And you know, I think by now everyone knows that if you're gonna drive weed like that, you should don't be stupid, right? So also under don't be stupid uh, if if you're dealing with weed, if you have a court date because you got busted with drugs. It's probably not a good idea to have drugs or weed or whatever you want to call it uh, on your persons when you go to that court date. Not to mention having it individually baggied for right. sale. Ready to rock and roll. <laughs> I got 19 bags of marijuana into the Fulton County Courthouse. Uh, yeah, this guy, he got arrested Wednesday for that. Um, the police at the courthouse, they noticed something suspicious in Ricky Heflin's back left pocket when he went through the building's metal detector. What is that? It looks like a baggie. Is that a... No, that couldn't be. That couldn't be. He's got Excuse some back me, sir. on that one side. <laughs> now, according to the police report, this 26-year-old uh, African-American gentleman from Atlanta was instructed to empty his pockets, but he refused, stating, quote, I don't have nothing! The arresting officer stood, uh, stopped Heflin from proceeding, asking him again to empty his pockets. When Heflin didn't move, the officer told him to place his hands against the wall, and then he searched him. Uh, he uncovered a clear plastic bag with 19 smaller bags inside containing marijuana, of course. Is that a... That's intent to sell when it's in individual uh, baggies. Yeah, that's... that's that's uh, intent to distribute. That's not just possession anymore. Right. Why would you? What? Well, I mean, I don't see, <laughs> I don't the, understand that. The greatest part is that he already had an active right. warrant. So, I mean, obviously, he's dumber than dumb. That blows my mind. Like, and usually people like this are all about like, oh, I'm street smart, son. I'm in the game. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm making moves. And then, like, they do something like this, and you're like, well, I don't know. Right. So, maybe just, if, if you have a court, a court date, know that there are going to be officers of the law at that and, venue. Yeah, and I think everybody knows that when you go into a courthouse, there's a good chance you may be searched. Yeah, maybe. They do have metal detectors, so. Yeah. I mean, at least it was just marijuana, but still. Well, and he had an active warrant. Didn't he think he might like yeah. have the possibility of going to jail? At which point, you have to surrender everything in your possession. And it wasn't even hidden, though. It was like it's hanging out of his pocket. pocket. Why is that a baggie? No, that's my bandana. Essay. No, that looks like a baggie. <laughs> so, um, Oregon is having some appeal rules here. And I think you you uh, this kind of affects you a little bit because you have kids. Yeah. So. 
Well, and that's one fear, I think. And I, I've had a lot of parents talk to me, you know, with my job, patients that I help that are concerned about whether or not their kids can be taken away from them for using this medication. Right, right. And for the most part, as long as you're smart about it, you don't have the stuff down with your kids. You're not sitting there with your kid on your lap smoking and stuff like that. They're just going to act like you're a typical parent that's using medication safely with your children. Right. Assuming it's all legit and you have your cards and everything. Right. But there are those people out there that feel that there's a moral higher ground and they have to take action on people who use drugs. Really? Yeah. Doesn't every house have a medicine cabinet (laughs) in it? Yeah, but most of the time, nothing in there is federally illegal. Oh. Isn't it... If you don't have a prescription, it's federally illegal. Right. But but if you do... It's still a drug, though, so what's the difference? Well, I would like to see cops go in and just, like, start raiding people's homes to see what's in their medicine cabinet. You have coffee! Caffeine's caffeine's a drug! Get on the ground! Well, I mean, there's people... I, I know... I mean, I know older people, they've got prescription bottles in there with the labels peeled off (laughs) and they like set their pills out in a certain way. I mean, it's illegal to have your pills out of the bottle. Right. You know, I mean. But they sell those little Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So what are you just supposed to have the bottle in front of that and you just move it to what day it is? Or I don't I don't get that. Is that the gray area? <laughs> that apparently is. But, I mean, they don't think when when teachers and some parents find out that a child is in a home with the where, with parents who are medical marijuana patients or caregivers, right. they tend to have this, <gasps> save you the have, children. Oh, my God. You know, they, they freak out and they think, oh, my gosh. Like this. you're giving birth to potheads or something. Well, they think that the kids are, like, automatically being abused, being neglected, being That's exposed weird too. to horrible things. I mean, my kids are very well taken care of. I mean, there's a lot of parents out there that they put a lot of time and energy into their kids. They don't medicate until their kids are gone. Right. You know, and I actually, if you look at it, if you look at the people that have their cards and have kids and everything, like their kids are very well taken care of, as opposed to people that maybe have an, an alcoholism problem or you know some dude that's selling pills and shit. You know. Well, I remember a few years back there was a woman here in town that was going through her sixth DUI. Yeah, and right. she had twin that. daughters that she yeah. kept getting back. I mean, at some point, yeah. If the, someone's not taking care of their kids, regardless of what substance they're using to medicate with... Yeah, that shouldn't be what we're making the determination based on. Right. If my kids are being abused or neglected, please, you know, somebody should step in. Right, Anybody. regardless of what drugs right. were there. But. but don't call them just because I'm a medical marijuana patient and caregiver and you think right. that is wrong for my kids and to And I mean, granted, if, if you're cooking meth, you probably don't want... Little Little kids running around that area. Some some volatile substances involved in that <laughs> chemical process, you know. But like, if if you if you have kids and you do your own grow and everything, 
Like, there's nothing really that if a kid got into, I mean, the lights are hot, sure, but I'm saying, like, you're not going to have anything laying around that's going to be dangerous to them. Right. And usually these these rooms are, you know, there's a door and it's locked or whatever, so the kids can't get in there. Well, and it's not like the plants are going to lean over and eat the child for walking into the room. (laughs) The little shop of horrors here. They're not like giant Venus flytrap Oh, but what if they were? (laughs) <laughs> I would love a field of Venus flytrap. Giant Venus flytraps. That'd be so awesome. Well, and then the other side to it, too, is, I mean... I would get them stoned. <laughs> I would totally blow smoke into their big, wide, gaping get a bunch maws. of hungry plants. And then and I'd, get a, I'd get a bunch of cats and dogs, and I'd, like, throw them in there. Like, so many flies. So, since you got your mouth full again... The state cannot take children away from a mother who tests positive for marijuana use without evidence that shows her drug use endangers the children, the Oregon Court of Appeals has ruled. And that's that's how it should be, right? You shouldn't be basing it on whether or not there is a grow there or you have your card or anything like that. If the kids aren't being taken care of, then... In every situation, that Even if be it's the a standard. church family or something that's neglecting to get yes. proper doctor help and just faith healing, you know? Like, it, kids die from that. Yeah, a bunch. in every situation, if a child is in danger or being abused, that should be reported. Right. It shouldn't just be because Doesn't you that, think that the parent has something in the house that you think right, is wrong. Right, that you have a problem with or that offends you. Your morals are not my morals. Let's take a look at your husband's porn collection before we go pointing fingers. <laughs> So, uh, in a decision issued today, the court reversed a Marion County juvenile court ruling that the State Department of Human Services had jurisdiction over two children, a 19-month-old and a 6-month-old. The state had argued that the mother's marijuana use, quote, presented a reasonable likelihood of harm to her two children. Do do they On what basis? Do they even care about how much... how much they've just traumatized these two kids Well, about that, this? but, like, what did they base their decision on? I don't understand. Un- unless the kids were, you know, being abused or weren't being taken care of and there happened to be pot well, in the house. it says that the state first became involved with the children in October 2009 when it received a report that a man was selling methamphetamine <laughs> at the family's home. Okay, well, selling That's meth different. and smoking pot are totally different. Are you serious? Yeah, it says DHS oh, workers man. visited the home and met the father who appeared to be under the influence of a controlled substance. Uh, really? The agency later learned that the father was a registered sex offender. Uh, what? So, okay, those are enough reasons to have called. Maybe make that clear yeah. and not be like, well, we took them away because of the pot in the house. Oh, and he was a sex offender and he was selling meth and, you know, yeah. like, come on, that... <laughs> At the time, the workers wow. found that the home was clean, the children had appropriate food to eat, and they appeared happy and healthy. Chuck's pants says, marijuana caused his sex offending. It goes without saying. No kidding, dude. That, that's so silly that I'm... <laughs> wow. Good on ya. The parents agreed to let the two kids go stay with the grandmother. A test taken a few weeks later came back negative for marijuana and other drugs for the mother. Well, that's good, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, 
Apparently, so it was just okay, him. They had a reason to call. It I was don't just the father. Why. It was the father. That's why they called, but they test both of them. Yeah. So at the time, the workers found that the home was clean, the children had appropriate food to eat, and they appeared happy and healthy. Uh, the appeals court wrote in its decision, a DHS worker also testified the mother appears to have appropriate parenting skills. So it sounds to me like the father was the, or it may not even have been their father. Who knows? It yeah. says it was the father. So I, she I guess. tested positive for marijuana at the beginning of everything. But then when they retested her, she was negative. Right. So basically the courts were just saying the fact that she tested positive for marijuana isn't enough for them to say the kids were in right. danger. And that's that's pretty wicked that even having to deal with the father selling meth and being a sex offender, she still managed to keep her S together enough to keep those kids, you know, fed right. and watered and everything. I mean, okay, him being a sex offender and, and selling meth, those are two very good reasons to call Absolutely. social services. Absolutely. Sure, why not? Every time you call, there's one less meth billboard I have to look at on my way to work. So. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else about that you wanted to, to talk about? No. So is that... That's just in Oregon, but That's every time there's Oregon. there's a court case like this, it can be referred to if something like that were to happen here, right? And or I another mean, state. I know has. a few people who have had you know social services called on them because someone thought their house smelled like pot, or they started to become more open as activists and doing everything, and they thought that was you know potentially putting the kids in danger because maybe there's marijuana nearby. Hmm. But in every case, the social workers came in, found the kids were all fine, and dropped right. everything. They only interfere if it's obvious the kids are in danger. Well, yeah, because I'm sure there's not exactly a long list of people that are willing to take some kids if you take them away from their real parents, you know? Right. It's not like they have plenty of room for these kids. So if they can leave them in, you know, where they're at, they will. Yeah, it's but. a lot easier for them. And, I mean, I think that... If you're a sex offender, can you be a father still? Like, can you be around kids? I thought you had to have a... You're not supposed to be. You're supposed to register as a sex offender. But even if but they're your kids? I like, mean, I've seen stories on, you know, the daytime talk shows about, like, you know, my mom let me live with a sex offender. <laughs> so, I mean, it happens. You guys still have to watch RSO. Is the funniest <laughs> movie. I watched it again last night, and it is so funny. Registered sex offender. It is such a funny movie, though. You have to see it. Anyway, so... Well, that's good that you don't have to, like, worry about it and have to, like... I mean, I guess you kind of have to watch your back because the laws are still not well done yet. Well, they can always use it as an excuse to come in and check and see what you're doing also. Yeah, see, Chuck's Pants says, uh, I wouldn't hang with my dad if he offended. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who would? That's, yeah, that's a good point, so. But, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things that you've got to be careful, but like I said, you have to be really careful because they'll try to use, if they know you're a parent, they'll try to use the social services aspect just to gain entry into your home. And start trying to look around and seeing if they could see anything that would give them reason enough to get a warrant. How does that start in the first place, though? Somebody calls and reports that, you know, something's going on in the house. Just from from them seeing something, or... 
They could do. Prob- they just maybe not like the person. It could or- be any of those reasons. I mean, I I've talked to people who've had social services called on them for just because people thought they smelled it. But then there's other times where it's like, yeah, you should have had them called on you. You weren't doing right. a very good job at that time. And you have like 256 cats in here. What the yeah. f? You know, I mean, there's certain times where yeah, it warrants it. But yeah, I mean, if. If somebody gets mad at you, they could easily call the cops or social services and say, hey, I know this person, you know, I went and by their house and they had all this stuff out there. You need to go check on their kids. Yeah, that's a dirty trick. Yeah, very. But there's, I mean, I guess if we're worried about people just doing that, I mean, anyone can do that at any time now. So. Right. You should just not piss off your neighbors, I guess. Well, I mean, I just think people should practice being kind to one another. You should just mind your own business is what. True story. Unless, I mean, if you hear, like, screams and, like, sounds of unwarranted sexual behavior, then sure. But if you smell some weed, like, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Go take a shower because you smell too. So there. So, um... Moving on here, Nantucket had a nice little pot crop. Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. Um, a sophisticated pot crop was, are you, are you ready for this? Yes. Weeded out. Ah, <laughs> good one. By Nantucket cops yesterday after police learned 107 marijuana plants, some up to six feet tall. Ugh. Menacing. Huge. They always put that in there. They're like, they found all these plants, and some of them were taller than we were. Oh, menacing. <laughs> it's yeah, so, how much of the scary. bottom of that was stock, though? I know. <laughs> There's like a foot and a half of usable weed here. They're like, oh, they were eight feet tall. And they spoke with a booming, thunderous voice. There were tentacles that grabbed us by our ankles and held us upside down. And then they molested us. Ah. They were eight feet tall and they molested us. Ah. Uh, These were found on the Tony Island. Nantucket, (laughs) do you, you... Are you familiar with the man who was from Nantucket? Are you familiar with this gentleman? No. I heard there once was a man from Nantucket. Oh, that guy. Yeah, are you familiar with that gentleman? Yeah. Uh, Nantucket and Environmental Police report they found the robust pot plants at two sites around 4.30 yesterday afternoon. Uh, the plants average five to six feet tall, according to the Nantucket police. Do you think that gentleman maybe works for the Nantucket police? <laughs> Well, I think they would put that all over the story if he were an officer. (laughs) The man from Nantucket? Uh Uh-huh. Huh. Each plant could produce... yeah, him. Yeah, that guy. Could produce about $1,000 worth of pot. 107 pot plants, each one producing... That's only like three and a half... It's like $10,000 or $100,000. One, two, three, four. That's ten thousand dollars. If there's a hundred of them and each one produces a thousand dollars, that's a right? hundred thousand dollars. Is that a hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> Dang it! Uh, that's a lot of money. So what's? I don't get what the problem is. That would be like three to five ounces, depending on your price. Right. Police called the joint operation. Ah, joint. I get it. <laughs> uh, fairly sophisticated, based on the site's location and the loving care given to the plants. That. 
to a, you're such criminals. How dare you love these plants like that? Lock them up. Jail that's time. What I don't get you're is how going is to that jail. Criminal. They're growing. You're something. evil. Don't love these plants. They're you're not going to jail. Killing people. Michigan has a flipping serial killer on the loose. <laughs> they do. Is his name Burger? <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. Tools and growing materials were also recovered. Oh no. His evil growing tools. His Frankenstonian freaking setup. His lo- evil laboratory that yeah. produced these menacing eight feet tall plants. They were all like black handled tools that had a purple know, smoke right? emanating from them. <laughs> they were evil. This is the second pot plant bust on the island this summer. Uh, last week, state police conducted a separate marijuana eradication operation with the assistance of a National Guard helicopter, which nabbed roughly 30 plants from different locations around the island. Well, it. <laughs> job well done. I'll sleep better tonight. Thank Yay. you. Thank you for doing that. Man, we were, oh, there was such a marijuana problem in Nantucket. Do you remember that show Wings? Uh, yeah. They were all high on that show. And they were, was that in Nantucket? Yes, it was. Huh. I bet if, and if I had to pick one of them, I think Lowell would be the man who was once <sighs> from Nantucket. It was probably him. It was Lowell. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Lowell. <laughs> so I don't get what the, what the crime was here. They were... They found Massachusetts pot isn't a legal medical marijuana state, so oh. these people are now going to prison oh. over a hundred plants. And see, I have a hard time with that because you can go like four states over and be just fine growing those, just because your state's run by some anti-progressive, some regressive idiot. And says that, you know, you guys can't have medical weed or whatever. Like, that sucks. There's a dude, there's so many people here growing way more plants than that, and we're just fine. And just because, I mean, I understand, like, okay, your state doesn't have it, but it seems silly when you can go two states over or whatever, it, and they do have it. It does seem like, very Like, it should be odd. all or just whatever, you know? Well, and I mean, when you think about it, the stories out of, like, California that, and these medical marijuana states, when they do busts, the plant count is, like, thousands oh, and yeah, thousands for sure. of plants. This but is it just, 100 plants. It doesn't seem fair. Like, I'm a person and you're a person. Like, if you look at it that way, and you're doing the same thing I'm doing, and I'm going to go to jail for a really long time over it, but you're not. Like, it totally just, when you look at it that way, it totally doesn't seem fair at all. Like, you're doing the same thing. You're not putting meth in your plants, and I'm not, and that's why you got in trouble. Like, we're doing the same exact thing, you know? I think that when it comes to, like, this, I I don't understand how it's possible that they still even want to put the time and effort. With the way the budgets are in every state, they're going to put the time and effort into busting these plants and the people that are growing them, they're not going to put all the time and effort into um, actually going after the people who need to be busted or maybe right. putting a little extra patrol around the pharmacies in town. <laughs> like, you <Kmart>. know, <laughs> I mean, That's come right. on. I fully agree. So, well, good luck. I guess you know the risk if you, you're in a state that doesn't have it. That just seems completely backwards and silly to me that, you know. That happens. I know. So let's talk about two medical pot states that don't require residency. 
Now, this this question comes up every now and then in your clinic, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So what's what's going on with this? Well, okay. I was under the impression that you had to be a resident of the state in order to receive your medical marijuana card because it asked for a driver's license number. Right. Well, when you're filling out legal documents, don't you assume that, you know, like I know on a marriage license, you have to show that, you know, certain requirements for Montana, you have to be a state uh, resident. Right. Um, getting your driver's license, you have to be a resident. Right. So I assume getting your medical marijuana card, you would have to be a resident so as well. It just in the law, it says you need a license. It doesn't a, say you an need ID specifically a Montana license, just any license. Right. And so if you have an out-of-state one, then it's all good for now, right? Well, in Montana and Oregon, those two states, there's a loophole in the law because of that, that you can actually go there from another state and get your card. They're trying to intersect this and get it stopped, but it hasn't passed yet. They started receiving applications from the snowbirds. They're stopped by their own slow political legislative process. Yes. <laughs> How's that feel? The but like these people that would come up here for, you know, the summer or the winter for skiing or the college kids were sending in applications to get their cards. And they were going through because they have ID numbers and you're able to perform the, the right. necessary... Right, so what's, I don't see what the problem is. Why do they want that stopped? Because like, they did wanted someone to get only hurt? be Hold Montana residents. Did someone die? Did someone get hurt? No, not yet. Well, then, Overall, nobody has died from this yet. Well, then what's... Why are they... What's the matter? Why are they so upset? Because they want to have control. Why? You have control over so much. Give us this. This is ours, okay? You have so much control. Just because you've completely destroyed everything that was under your control doesn't mean that you can now come and F this up for us, okay? I just yep. want to make that perfectly clear. Good job, Chuck's pants. <laughs> what? He wanted to point out that he thought control before we did. Oh, okay. Thank you. So, is there, would you like to well, I, this is story just, here? Or? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. No, it's okay. Okay. With the, it says, with the discovery of a loophole in Montana's medical marijuana law, the Big Sky State joins Oregon in no longer requiring res residency to obtain a legal authorization to use medicinal cannabis. Montana health officials said Friday that patients don't have to live in Montana to receive medical cards from the state after the Department of Public Health and Human Services. Right after they were quoted as saying, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who wrote that? <coughs> Who's, who wrote this? We, it's we, your bad. Well, they've already been like totally hating the law since it first got written because of all the gray areas. They, well, that's what you get for underestimating how sly we can be. We totally reverse engineered your bill and made it work for us, and now you're pissed about that. Mm-hmm. That that's not my fault. Right. Well, and they didn't even they didn't even realize it until they were reviewing plans to require medical marijuana applicants to have a Montana driver's license or a state issued ID card. So they'd already let people get their cards, and then they realized, oh wait, they're not even in this state. <laughs> so does the bill, like it, in that one spot, it's got some whiteout over it, and it says Montana driver's license. 
<laughs> I don't right think, now, but can see, you white out a bill like that? It was supposed to take effect on Monday, but it's been halted right now. Like it's on hold. Who so, put it on hold? How do you do that? Well, it says that the law. Um, I don't know. The it's, law is mute on the subject of legal residency. Oh, so it, it's because there it doesn't say anything. Right, about it doesn't it. So say anything in, in the law. Re-add that in. They have well, they have to fix it, but they have to make sure that it's going to move forward. They can't fix it unless it gets the right approval. Right now, it doesn't have all the approvals that it needs. Because so we it like it this way. <laughs> so. So what happens if it doesn't get the approval then? That's then it? they can keep take they have to keep taking applications from people who are turning them in. <laughs> Whoops. So it's it's here and Oregon. So do you think this this helps add to the uh, 23,500 patients that are part of the state's medical marijuana registry? But I mean honestly when you think about it the whole reason why our state takes cards from other states was for the tourism industry. Right. They if we want- can do that we can make more money than just right. being limited with what we have locally. They didn't want people to second guess coming here because they couldn't use their medicine here. They made right. it easy for them. So, so why then what's the problem? I, that's what I don't get. Why make it if they want if they're willing to fill out a document in the state that yeah, says right. Here, I'm I'm submitting all my information. I want to be legal here right. under all your laws with your card. Too many laws. Just let them. Too many laws. It doesn't matter that they have cards from multiple states. That just means they're extra legal. Yeah, that's true, right? You should be thanking them for taking the time to pay their $150 or whatever for each one of these yeah. cards, you know? Like, they're helping. We could just as easily jump from state to state and not have cards and just tell you to go F it, you know? But some of us try to do that the right way, and uh, we help. Yeah. Montana health officials decided to tighten the residency requirements when they discovered several out-of-staters, such as college students and snowbirds, had applied for the medical marijuana cards. Uh, It's unclear how many such applications were received. If there was only some way to figure it out, like count them. Go through that <laughs> massive database and do a search and right. sort. Control A. <laughs> All. Uh, Oregon, like Montana, may no longer require residency as part of its medical marijuana permit application process. Oregon applicants formerly needed to supply proof of residency <laughs> as well as organ identification as part of their application. Uh, however, the Beaver State <laughs> shaved <laughs> its residency requirement. Wow, that was like a double. That is a great sentence uh, right its there. residency requirement after it was informed by the State Department of Justice that such a requirement was inconsistent with the language of the bill. To put it legally. To put it legally. <laughs> uh, Tawana Nichols, Oregon Medical Marijuana Program Manager, said while the program was created with the intent of specifically benefiting Oregonians... <laughs> what's an Oregonian? Oh. <laughs> People uh, from Oregon? Right. I didn't- there was no requirement of Oregon residency written into the bill, so they could not lawfully require it. Mm-hmm. Uh, patients should be aware that even though anyone with a qualifying medical condition can get a medical marijuana card in Montana and Oregon, those cards provide legal protection only the state which issued them, with four exceptions. Maine, Michigan, Rhode Island, and Montana's medical marijuana laws have reciprocity, 
What? Reciprocity? Reciprocity? What is that? Reciprocity? Which means that they accept medical cannabis... What a couple of retards. Uh, Which means they accept (laughs) medical cannabis authorizations from other states. Reciprocity. Reciprocity. I don't know. Uh, Exercise caution. Even in those four states... If some of the states that allow reciprocity, you son of a bee, uh, it's only for use, not allowing them to actually obtain it. And even then, sometimes there's a time limit on your out-of-state authorization. That's stupid. Why, why would there be a time limit? You, you have to get all of your weed and smoke it and have it all gone in two minutes. Go! Like, really? Well, my understanding was if you went into our state or one of these other states with your card from your state, you could use marijuana there, but you had to abide by that state's laws. Right. So, like, if someone from California comes up here, they can use medicine, but they can only have one ounce with them because that's what our law says. Their right. law lets them have whatever the F they want. Right, but you have to obey the law of the state that, that you're, you're in, in at the time. Right. Right. And so. Idaho is still zero tolerance. No medical, no nothing. Yeah, you what's get up with that? There, I thought Idaho they will was... confiscate everything and give you a ticket. I thought Idaho was progressive. What happened there? Oh, no, 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 no. Is it all the KKK members? They don't like the uh, the marijuana? And the potatoes. And the potatoes. <laughs> Damn potatoes. Which is weird, because if you're driving, say you had to get from Oregon, which is a state that has it, you got to get to Montana, which is also a state that has it. You got to go through a bit of Idaho, which is a state that does not have it. So, what if if you have your Oregon card and your Montana card and you get caught in the middle, which would be Idaho, but you can show them like, "Look, I came from Oregon, here's that card. I'm going to Montana, here's that card. I'm not stopping except right now cuz you pulled me over." <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess just drive carefully and no, you know, don't well, be Well, right dumb... now they're going to probably just tell you to fly. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could fly, huh? Uh-huh. Did, has it always been like that or did that just come out? Did that well, just... apparently it's always been like that. It's just but nobody's no one's been had the, like, the nobody's decided to go and test it <laughs> right. and like prove that you could do it. So has someone finally tested it? Uh huh. Who who was it? Who out of all of do the medical marijuana patients? Say, do I have to say who posted a video of himself? <laughs> who <laughs> you posted? You had somebody follow you into an airport, and you were going to be like, "Check this out." And granted, like that's cool, I guess. If I didn't give a crap about getting arrested and posting bail, and I had you know lawyers on retainer. Like, that'd be cool to go try, you know, go test the boundaries and the extents of the law. But I don't want to sit in jail for, you know, a while if that happens to not be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we have a, uh, a guinea pig of sorts that we can be like, hey, I wonder if you can do this. Hey, Jason, Why come here. Him? Come here and see if you can do this and not get arrested. <laughs> That's so awesome. So, well, that brings us to... Is this every state now that you can have it? Well, okay. Or does it depend on... It, basically, this is what it boils down to. It, medical marijuana is now allowed in airport terminals. Right. Medical marijuana patients report no problem as they boarded with carry-on luggage and cannabis plants. Under the new regulations, patients can fly with their cannabis. They can even change plates 
planes in states where it's illegal. They have to stay in the terminal. It's funny. The video shows him, like, carrying around his plant, and he's got his, like, volcano vaporizer and everything. Yeah. Like, he even, he even filled up the bag. He's puffing in the terminal, but it's he's not smoking. He's vaporizing. Now... Vaporizers still give off a smell, right? They give off a smell, and I mean, it's not, it's kind of, it looks like a smoke when, kinda, you, yeah. it, when you exhale. Kind of. But it does give off that odor. It looks like when it's cold outside and you can see your breath. Like, that's, because yeah. it evaporates or it disappears really quickly. Yeah, and it's, it's a different color than the typical smoke, yeah. too. But it's, you know... That's it, crazy to me, though, that, like, I, I just look at that you used to be able to smoke cigarettes in planes and pretty much everywhere, and now people are cutting back on that, and now he's in there, like, you can smoke. I mean, I guess well, you're not smoking, vaporizers you're vaporizers are allowed but. in any public area, so you can walk down really? the street with a vaporizer bag, and they can't do anything about it. Oh, and wow. vaporizing is actually allowed in most nursing homes now. That's cool. Because of the elderly, it's the easiest way for them to ingest it. Right, so, right. you know, they allow that. Huh. But, you know, it's just one of those things that, So yeah. now, what if, what if you take it and you get it on the plane and say you're flying from Montana to Oregon? You can't use what it in flight. Right, but what I'm saying is what happens when you're flying over Idaho? Can you well, get in trouble because Idaho doesn't have their sh- their I'm stuff? I'm pretty sure if they wanted to put someone on the plane, that was like you tell for me the, like the five minutes <laughs> that you're there, that you're over the state of Idaho. Yeah, you can see like Washington and Montana on either side of the plane. Yeah, if you right. Fly down Idaho, right? That's funny. I don't get. But I mean, it's if you're just- driving, then what's because you're in Idaho for longer? Is well, there like a no, five-second rule or the what? The air abides by different laws than the ground. That's why if you fly with certain drugs, it's, it, it's you know trafficking um, right. through the air, which is a federal offense. Whereas... If you were driving it, it would it just would be... It would be, you know, that state. And you could probably get federal depending on how much there is. And right, blah, blah, right, blah, right. Blah. So, I mean, there's all these different laws, but the air has different laws than the ground does. Well, there's airbenders. And airports and have different laws than the ground does. There's waterbenders. Yeah. There's earthbenders. Thank you, Avatar. That's right. Well, like, um, airports, though, they you can be in there, and if it's like an international airport, it's like a foreign country, basically, here in the right. U.S. Right. You just have to make sure you're not going towards the, the international side. Right. So in the airports here now, you can have it. If you're in a state where it's not legal, you can't leave the airport. You have to stay there in the terminal right. going from gate to gate. But this person as long showed as you're how... In the airport, it's right, cool. He showed how he was able to load his volcano, fill up the bags, you know, use it in the waiting area, right. push his plants on the little cart up into the plane, and then set them on his lap for the flight. And, you know, everyone was, like, looking and being like, oh, damn, he's yeah. got a weed plant. Oh, snap. Look at well, that. Well, and I'm sure they had security following him the whole way just yeah, to I make sure yeah. that he didn't, like, step out of any boundaries. I would have been interested to see that there. Like, to see, because the, from the video here, uh, it just kind of looks like... Someone had a cell phone cam yeah. with them, like a, an Android or something, you know? Right. Well, but I, I'd be curious to see what the camera wasn't getting, like, all right. around, if there was a bunch of, like, security or people or whatever. Right. 
They they do know also though that there are there is a huge restriction. Your final destination does have to be a legal state. So if you're going ah. from point A to point B, if you stop in the middle and it's illegal, stay in the airport. When you get to the end, you can leave. The only thing I'm curious about is there are a bunch of medical marijuana states that don't recognize out-of-state cards. So technically, when you get there, wouldn't it be illegal for you to carry it? If you don't have a card from that state or right. that state doesn't recignize your, your card. card. Right. right. Yeah, technically. That so isn't that kind of a little <coughs> iffy spot there? Like so, if you leave well, the airport? Then we're lucky Montana's such a big state and we can fly to other places within Montana. I've left Montana. So screw every Sadly, other place. <laughs> I have left Montana once in like seven years and it was, you know, to Vegas. I Is was there for a couple days and came right Nevada back. Nevada still doesn't have theirs, do they? They're a medical marijuana state, and actually I think they're Are also they? a decriminalized state. Oh, word. But if you live there, they're a tax stamp state, so you oh, have to pay a tax. It's course. $100 a gram. What? <laughs> so you buy your eighth, and you go in, and they weigh it out to the 3.5, and then you have to hand them $350 to get your stamps to legally carry it. That's stupid. Isn't that nuts? I'd be like, just give me the weed. I don't want... It's cool. I don't nah, need the stamp. A whole ounce of money right I know. there. That's dude. Plus how did some. they how how are are the people in Nevada just too caught up in gambling and th- their casinos and their strip clubs? Like how did you guys let that pass? I'd have been like no effing way, dude. Yeah. I'm not paying you more than forty for that. So tax on top of that, deal with it. I'm sure though that now that this has been out there and and kind of, you know, been in the news, people are gonna start pushing this and testing it just to see what they can get away with. And they're gonna probably start making changes to it right away. I wouldn't be surprised if... Isn't there... There should be, like, a waiting period, I think. Like, you guys made these laws. You can't be like, oh, just kidding. We're going to change it now. Like, haha, we fooled you. Well, I mean, there's certain things that get pointed out. I get you have to figure it out, and it's a process. But I don't think you should be able to keep going back and forth like that. Well, I don't think they should be able to, like, take it back just because now a bunch of people feel comfortable taking it with them because now they know it's legal, and now they see this huge spike in people (laughs) taking marijuana on You're like, oh, we didn't think you would actually do that. Yeah. But people do go to court with 19 baggies of marijuana in their pants. That is true. We didn't think they would do that either. What what were you thinking? That that amazes me so much that you can, like, get out of bed and figure out which feet your shoes go on. Like, which, you know, your left or your right. Yeah. And make it out the door without getting hit by a car. And you think that's a good idea. I'm going to go to... I I got to make some stops after my court date, you know. Just in case I don't get thrown in jail for the rest of my life because I'm a young black man. I will bet you anything he did not drive to court. He took the bus. Of and that's he took why the- homie was carried it all with him. <laughs> he did not have a place to stash right, it outside the courthouse. Okay, I see. If you would have driven your ride there, your hoopty, you would have put it in your glove box, not in your back pocket because that's all you have. He probably rode the bus all the way there. Yep. And it was like, shit. Well, in that case, props for even getting to your court. Yeah. That is an impressive... Good job actually getting on the bus. That is an impressive feat. I understand. I don't want to go all the way back to my mama's house to pick up my sacks. It's worth a dollar fifty. Nineteen bags. He would have made that back. He would have made that back quick. It's worth it. 
Now he's in Should've jail. And he's out the weed, too. Yeah, you ain't getting the weed back. No, they don't <laughs> return that. Oh, well. All right. Well, uh, here's a story about how district l- liquor regulators are going to start helping with the D.C. M- uh, medical marijuana program. It was only a matter of time before one of these industries poked their head in and said, ooh, let us help. Yeah, well, they're like, I kind of thought it would be cigarettes first, though, honestly. Yeah, I don't know, because I think if you were to put them side by side, you get, it's more of an effect from liquor and alcohol and weed. Like, cigarettes don't get you messed up if you smoke a bunch of them. Like, I mean, not like weed yeah. or alcohol does. Like, we didn't they make noticeable. We parties handing around cigarettes exactly. when we were younger. Exactly. It so, was handing around the bottle or the pipe. I was thinking, yeah, it was probably going to be liquor first, and... At that point, though, when they step in and they want to help with that, you have to you have to show these these people that look. It is pretty much the same thing, except ours is much safer than your liquor is, mm-hmm. and you have to stop classifying. Like this should be evidence, Exhibit A, Your Honor, that we should stop classifying weed with you know all those hard drugs and step it down to what alcohol is at the least. Yeah. At the least, and this is our nation's capital too. Yeah, this is where so the president lives. If and if whatever happens here, like, well, other states will look at that more seriously than if it wasn't, you know, the capital. Because what goes down here, you know, that's 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 the home HQ. You know, well, yeah, and we need to keep it in Montana, but. You still look at other states because these are all states that are way ahead of us as far as progression goes. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. well, when you think about it, they have everything before we get it. We are years behind where other states are. But they've, yeah, they, they were around first, though, so they had a head start. Well, yeah, but... But what? <laughs> so we should look at these other states to kind of see what they're right, doing, but definitely. we shouldn't put everything into what they're doing. We need no, to no, make no. laws for us. Right. But Isn't that why we have the difference, the separation, the two? You would think, but when you go to <laughs> Helena, you hear, when they're talking about marijuana, you hear them overly talking about New Mexico and California and is Oregon it? and what these states are doing and how they're handling it. You know, I mean, they're not talking about where Montana's at, where the people are at in Montana and what Montana should do. Are all these states, are they like high school cliques and they're, they want to be cool for the other states that have their medical weed or something? Well, California is like, the cool kid. Is that the cool kid? I think California is because it's the one where all of the beautiful people have. Right. Out. Are we like the dumb redneck? kid the inbred we're the the redheaded stepchild we get forgot about right and like you know we're not really counted on for a whole lot because we don't have the population that a lot of these other states but we got the room which is i think important we've got the room you can keep your large population we'll keep all of our land and not having to live right on top of each other's butts and uh, you can enjoy the rest of your day well you know i think I think every state should have their own regulations on it, but it definitely needs to be lowered down to where alcohol is at. Right. It needs First to be step. there. First step, priority one. So is that what they're working on with these Helena meetings? 
Well, no, they're working on just trying to get the law ironed out so that so many people aren't freaking out all the time. Who's freaking out? I don't understand that. Like, oh, we're fine. groups like Who's- Safe Community, Safe Kids... <sighs> And, you know, all of those other people that think that it's wrong. I mean, Heidi went down to go talk to, um, there was a politician that was in, uh, I think he was in Helena or Missoula. And there was a story. Denny Reberg. Yeah, yeah, Denny Reberg. And she got up to talk about it. And in the story, it was funny because they said that everybody booed and hissed her when she started talking. Why? Because isn't Denny the one marijuana. that isn't he the one that got drunk and ran his boat into a cliff? <laughs> oh, but that's not that's not a big deal because alcohol is legal and he was over twenty one. Oh, okay, but you still effed up some stuff, dude. But I mean, she wasn't booed in his though. She has the aud- she recorded. You know, she has audio of the session. People made noise, but they do that whenever you see marijuana in a huge group. You get some people who cheer and think it's great, and then other people who are like, "Oh, why?" Well, how about the people that cheer for it go and beat up the people that don't like it, and then we'll see. Like, like you want to play like it's a schoolyard. Like we'll just beat you up then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you really want to. Get down to I it. I think that kind of makes some of their points, though. What? So yeah. when they have a problem with people, that they can just go to war. Marijuana. You guys can just go to war when you have a problem with a place. But when we have a problem with you, we can't just friendly beat you up and teach you a lesson and then be done with it. We weren't going to like beat you up for 20 years like you've been over you know, in the Middle East. We're just going to hit you a couple times. That's all. That's knock all. some sense Nothing into you. Biggie. I'm not trying to take over your world. I just want to knock some sense into you, you know? Yeah, but they always say that violence follows marijuana. Uh, that's why the, that's why the uh, dispensary shouldn't be there, because now everybody's going to be robbed and raped and pillaged. <laughs> right. Because that happens. That, that happens to me daily. That happens all the time. I'm kind of stoned right now, and I feel like raping and pillaging and starting war. I feel like eating. That's so retarded. <laughs> why would you... Where did that even come from? I, I blame whoever started that ridiculous rumor. Reefer Madness. It's, it's Anslinger. Mm. Anslinger. Uh, Mr. Under, A-hole. What an A-hole. Under the regulations, the City Health Department would be responsible for registering legal marijuana users, but the licensing and oversight of the facilities that will grow and distribute medical cannabis would be handled by the Alcoholic Beverage Control Board. Like a brewery. Oh, but why... Why would they handle it? Why wouldn't you set up a marijuana control board? Because they're comparing marijuana to alcohol. Well, that's fine. You can use it as your basis and make the comparison, but you shouldn't have the alcohol people running the marijuana. It's a different thing. It's same in its effects, kind of, in that, you know, they both make you make noticeable changes, but it's not the same. You no. Know? It's not the same, and you can't have these people running it like that. Right. Because maybe, maybe weed is safe for people under 21 well, and under I mean, 18. I know that know? they say that, you know, the first step is to legalize it and regulate it like alcohol because alcohol regulation proves that you can regulate a substance even though people can make it in their home. The underground drug market has proved that you can do that, dude. Like, everyone... It has been so well structured that nobody has gone without that has wanted marijuana 
in like the last twenty something years. Well, yeah, we've but, been handling it just fine. Yeah, but their point is that it's easier for kids to get marijuana than alcohol because uh, of the regulations in place to get alcohol. Well, so if you regulate both of them the same, then that makes it just as hard for these so, unlicensed <laughs> people to obtain it. Right. So instead of having the bum go in and buy beer for us, now we'll have the bum go in and buy us joints or whatever. Well, they will. That's We're retarded. old enough. Well, right. <laughs> That's so dumb. Uh, last Unless they make the age like 40 and then that would totally suck. Why would you do that? All of your money is going... I mean, a lot of it comes from that age range, 40 and up, but a lot of it comes from the under 40. Yeah. The 12 to 39. It's a pretty good spread all throughout. It is, right? It's a good demographic. But you know Montana would try to be dick just like yeah, that and yeah. try to say, okay, it's legal for anyone over the age of 40. Right. Because people over 40 are mature and responsible. So then everyone find your 40-year-old and then uh, make sure you know, you're hey, nice mom. to them. Hey, mom. <laughs> <laughs> 10 more years for us. All right. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> The prospect of having some uh, the same regulators overseeing medical marijuana in liquor stores concerns advocates who have fought to have cannabis recognized as a medical treatment, not just a drug for recreational use. Last year, Congress removed a longstanding budget restriction that prevented city officials from implementing a medical marijuana initiative that voters passed way back in 98. City policymakers since have moved to create a tightly regulated system that would forestall future congressional interference. See, we talked about this before. I think it is right. so crazy, and and not a lot of people know that DC had medical marijuana passed in '98. Right. They just didn't have the funding allocated. They were able to push it off until 2010. That's when they finally had to say, "Okay, well, fine, we'll do, we'll do the medical marijuana thing, and we'll give you the money you need to get the program going and the department started." And printing blah, blah, those blah. cards costs a lot of money. You know, yeah. it's a lot of yeah. Our state charges twenty five big whole bucks for those little flimsy pieces <laughs> of paper. Hey, I know I have a printer. Ink is expensive. I understand. Yeah, it's you know, and it rubs off too. Now they actually print a note on it that says, "Please laminate your card." <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, this in your social security card—that's a big flimsy piece of s. Mine's like so chewed and like they just—you couldn't have taken like the extra forty-eight cents and laminated the effing thing. See, so mine's stupid. at least newer because I got married and had to change my name, so they issued me a new card. Ah, but it I should still change my name. Up. I should totally change my name. What? I don't know. Something cool. I'd, I'd change my name to a marijuana strain or something. I'd be like super robot killer dragon. Grape ape. <laughs> That's <laughs> That'd be a good one. So uh, Wayne Turner, the gentleman who wrote the 1998 initiative, said Friday that he was glad to see the city move forward. But was, quote, completely blindsided by the role of alcohol regulators. Uh, Dispensaries are the front line and the liquor board is completely inappropriate to run this program, he said. Are we talking about medical marijuana jello shots here? That's not what we're talking about. I like the comparison to jello shots. Yeah, right. That's the first thing that popped in his head. Are we talking about. <laughs> Why jello shots? Are we going to get all loopy on medical marijuana jello shots and open a strip club? Is that what we're talking about here? Because we have good Christian morals. <laughs> 
Uh, Turner's concerns were echoed in somewhat less alarming terms by D.C. Council member David A. Cantania, uh, who said his preference would be to have the health department, which regulates pharmacies, oversee the program. They can oversee the medical side of it, but the recreational side, it needs to have its own committee made. You can't have the alcohol people run it. It's got to be the. It's got to be its own. Do you know what the recreational committee would look like? It looked like this right here. You're looking at it. I think we are the. No, we're not. <laughs> yes, I will be. I will be the regulatory board for your recreational marijuana use, and you might as well throw in mushrooms uh, while you're at it. So. <laughs> Uh, Charles Brodsky, chairman of the alcohol board, said, We are really looking forward to making a grip of money. No, uh, that's what he was thinking, though. They were all thinking that. Uh, you know that, dude. They're like, we can make money from alcohol and weed. Cha-ching. All we need is cigarettes and hoes and we're, we're set good. for life. That's next on the list. See, if, if, this, if legalizing weed leads to legalized prostitution, that's not the weed's fault or our fault. No. It's these people that are like, we're going to control all of the vices. Mm-hmm. So don't when that happens, and I'm sure it'll happen eventually, don't blame it on the weed, okay? They're making money off of our inability to say no. They're making <laughs> money off of their ability to make the world just completely suck and me have to get really freaking high to deal with it. That's what they're making money on, and that's BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, we oversee a highly regulated product in the stream of commerce, he says, and I think we do it pretty well. He said the challenge of regulating marijuana is more analogous to alcohol than to prescription drugs. Because they don't want it to be considered a prescription drug. Right. And that statement right there just says that, you know, it it can be either or. It's who's going to make the most money at it. Are you going to make the most money regulating it medically and locking yourself down to uh, the younger generations that are healthy, but they just want to get stoned? Or are you going to make more money, you know? Well, that's what cigarettes did. They targeted the younger people, yep. got them smoking because it carried on, and they got younger people smoking because they were smoking. And it was now just we're all effect. smoking. We all smoke. Everybody. Now. Everybody smokes. Some people cigarettes, some people crack. Everybody smokes something. Some people smoke poles. I was just thinking I bet you were. (laughs) Uh, Nichols added that having the liquor agency handle the program is the most cost-effective option because it has a corpse of administrators and inspectors already in place. And I'm sure they're all completely trained to deal with marijuana. Right. Oh, yeah. They're all up-to-date, educated, and they've been growing for years. Right. Uh, the program could be a major revenue generator for an ailing city budget. As many as five dispensaries would pay $10,000 per year to register up to 10 cultivation centers. Allowed to grow 95 plants at a time would pay $5,000 per year. Uh, in addition, certain corporate officials would be required to pay a minimal $200 annual registration fee. Managers would pay 150 and employees 75. Do you see how much money they're going to make? How about you just stand behind me like Verizon Wireless and just F my A until I cry? That is so... You are going to squeeze every last dollar and make smoking weed not even fun for me anymore. That's what Nevada's doing with that incredible tax. 
on their I know. stuff. You're making weed. You took the fun out of marijuana. Thank you. Know, you. And all they have to do is what Amsterdam did. The Netherlands, they legalized it. And that took the fun out of it. Yeah. As soon as you're able to do something... You do it a couple times, and then you get bored. As soon as you see your parents doing it, it loses all appeal. Well, that's why you drink. I mean, most people drink most before I they learned turn it from 21. You. And right when they turn 21. And then it. your drinking usually goes down from there because now you can do it. And so what? So what? <laughs> you know? I, I know. I mean, it, you marijuana use went down 60% there. After it was legalized, because people were just bored with it now. That's because there they were too busy doing cocaine and ecstasy. <laughs> I wouldn't want weed either if there was blow and prostitutes and ecstasy around. I mean, that's like, that's the trifecta right there. I can't think of a better vacation it's a total spot. total Neil Patrick Harris thing right there. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. So, yeah, they're... they're they're gonna they're gonna squeeze so much money out of this. No, how is anyone gonna make money after they get their grubby, greedy hands all, uh, all over it? They're gonna probably do what California did and require them all to be nonprofits. Right. Yearly registration as a medical marijuana user or caregiver would cost a hundred dollars. Uh, those earning less than twice the federal poverty level, or about twenty-two thousand, would pay twenty-five dollars and would be eligible for subsidized marijuana on a sliding scale. Wow, you get your STD test and my subsidized marijuana all on a sliding scale because I am a broke. (laughs) I am so broke. (laughs) Uh, Cultivators and dispensaries would be required to devote 2% of their revenue to those subsidies. Oh, see, look at that. 2%. They ask you for all of that money and then they don't even say a portion (laughs) of what you're paying us will go to this. And I want a percentage of your sales. Yeah. Thank you. After you put in all that money and all that time and all that effort. And you can S a D while you're you've at it. gotta also take two percent of your earnings and let all and let the poor people come in. I mean, I'm totally for helping them get it if they need it because they're not working well, and stuff like that. You can lead a horse to water, Sandy. <laughs> but if you teach it how to fish, it'll feed itself forever. That was such so a pothead quote right You there. need to just teach them. You need to teach the poor black people how to grow good pot and then let them deal with it. I mean, if you just, you can sell it to them, but how, that's not going to last them very long. Well, I'm totally all for getting donations and stuff. I just sure. think it's a little screwed up that the way they're getting the help for the people who need the help is by taking the revenue of what's left right, after they've yeah. paid the state all this stuff. They're taking their revenue. They can't That's say, hey, we just made thousands of dollars off of this. Let's take 2% of that and put it in here. Walmart could do that for health insurance and get yeah, right? everybody covered yeah. with immaculate stuff if they just took a percentage of their earnings. But no. Why would a company do that? Why because would a state do that? <laughs> right. Just show that you care. It's a write-off. It's a tax write-off. All right. Well... Anything else you wanted to talk about? Mention September 18th. Is the Roach Market. Is the 18th. The Roach Market. Hotboxpodcast.com slash Roach Market. Get your tables. Get your money in. $25 a table. Uh, How many tables do we have? Have we figured that out yet? We got a few. Yeah, we do. Okay. So we'll let you know when there's none left. (laughs) 
Uh, email info at hotboxpodcast.com. Uh, if you have any questions, you can text at uh, 406-848-1739. Email and Twitter and Facebook group. Make sure you RSVP for the event. It's going to be a great time. I'm excited. I'm super excited. And then you can stay the whole week, and the next Saturday is the Jamhole 404 episode live at Anna's, and that's going to be pretty awesome as well. I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Yep. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. If you like, you like this is where where you you need to be. be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast.